How does a free multi-camera home security system sound to you? I got your attention now. Check out First Guardian Security Services. My friend Jerry Forrest is the regional manager there. He can be reached directly by text or phone call at 769-823-0034. He's going to get you set up with a brand new free multi-camera home security system for new customers only. That's going to include a video doorbell camera, an outside camera, window, door sensors, and a motion sensor. Free installation. There is a one-time activation fee. He'll go over all that with you. You're also going to get a lifetime warranty on the whole system, and you're going to be able to save up to 20% on your homeowner's insurance, depending upon who your homeowner is. Check them out online, myfirstguardian.com, or just call or text Jerry directly, 769-823-0034. That's Jerry Forrest with First Guardian Security Services. Monitoring services provided by Vector Security. Breaking rules. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards show. Hey guys, before we get to Sean on the phone, I want to remind y'all real quick if you're having any automotive issues, get over to A1 Gear and Auto right there in Florence, Mississippi. Let them get your vehicle taken care of. Uh, getting ready for any post holiday road trips. Maybe getting ready to go down to NOLA uh, for Mardi Gras, whatever the case may be. Maybe you got some. Uh, some travel ball coming up. I don't, I don't know what you people do. Maybe you're out on the sales calls. You just put a lot of miles on your car. Anyway, having any issues with it, get out of A1 Gear and Auto. Man, from brakes to check engine lights to air conditioning to heaters, they can do it all. What they specialize in, however, what they're, what they're known for, what they cut their teeth doing, what they lead the industry in, is your ring and pinion, rear end, gears, front end, transfer case type stuff so if you have any problems with that make sure you get over there to a1 gear and auto today and don't let it uh persist being an issue or get worse or leave you broke down on the side of the road if you feel any slack in your rear ends any roaring back there that you're not used to hearing and you know it's not a tire get over there let justin and the team get it diagnosed hey look here's the thing i love i know i've said this a million times and i'm gonna keep saying it because i use them i've used them no less than five times in the last uh, in the last year, they diagnose things right the first time. And man, look if you've ever used a a, a less than scrupulous mechanic shop, is scrupulous a word? You understand. Sometimes they don't diagnose stuff right. You agree, you trust that they're, they're that they're telling you that it's been diagnosed right. They fix it, and you still got to pay them, and the problem still persists. I have yet to have that happen over at A One Gear and Auto. They're timely, they're quick, they get it fixed in short order. When they say it's going to be ready, it's ready. It's usually ready quicker, but it's always better to under-promise and over-deliver. And it's going to be priced right. You're not going to overpay. I mean, I told a story of somebody had a BMW. They took it to the BMW dealership, uh, someone my girlfriend knew, and they were in tears at how expensive it was going to be to fix. They took it over there and... I don't want to quote, but it, it it was no less than 30% less than uh than what the dealership was trying to charge and they were they were reverse tears. It was tears of joy at the money they were going to be saving. So anyway, get over there right there in Florence, Mississippi, A1 Gear and Auto 49 South. Big white building, big red sign. You cannot miss them. Tell Justin and the team that Clay sent you over. All right, man, let's go straight to the phone lines. we got Sean Yurt-Karan, my co-host here, live from Bellhaven, Mississippi. <laughs> What's the one on, brother? 
Sean, oh, hold on. It would help if I cut the button on. Sean, what's up, brother? Hey, what's up? All right, so last night, man, uh, good kudos to you for seeing this because I did not follow the Daily the Daily Beast on Instagram, but I do now. <laughs> um, you, you caught this story breaking, and, you know, you see the headline, you're like, oh, it must be some uh, right-wing, fake news, um, clickbait stuff, but once you peel that onion back and you go to the Daily Beast, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember the Daily Beast. Uh, one of these local nut jobs around here work, uh, does work for there. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She's the one that um, that started that whole controversy with Robert Foster and not wanting to ride in the car with a female reporter without his wife or a third party or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that. Sure. Uh, that, that, that girl worked over there. And anyway, so their report, them and Atlanta Journal-Constitutional, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, AJC for short. We'll call it the AJC. They're reporting that there, there's a lawsuit of some sort from a uh, from a Trump advisor, Michael. Um, I need to put my notes up here. Uh, Roman. Well, it's his, it's his, it's, his, it's the defendant, Michael. It's a motion. I think they filed actually. Okay, a motion in the criminal case. All right. So I'm pulling my. Sorry, I, I should have already had this pulled up. I'm almost, I'm two seconds away. I right, yeah, just the headline reads: uh, Georgia DA accused of improper relationship with Trump top prosecutor. We're talking about Fannie Willis here, the the vaunted Fulton County DA. That uh, that had our our great president Donald Trump arrested, made him go take a mug shot in Georgia, and do all the nonsense, is now accused of some improprieties. Sean, what do you think about all this? Well, what what I read, and, and it, you know, like like you said, it was in the Daily Beast, and then um, it kind of spread like wildfire all night. The New York Times had it, the Wall Street Journal's got an article about it. Um, apparently, she had what Fannie Willis did is she had contracted with a private lawyer and this guy's name is Nathan Wade. And I looked into who Nathan Wade was. She he apparently has been an advisor to Fannie Willis for several years, even before she was DA. She was a municipal court judge and he was a municipal court judge and he was kinda of like a mentor to her. And then they end up allegedly having some sort of um romantic relationship. And I think that occurred before or it started before the Trump prosecutions. And now at this point what happened was once Fannie Willis' office started investigating the Trump election case. She contracted with this Nathan Wade, who's a private lawyer, has a private law firm. He does like criminal defense, personal injury, and those kinds of things, and paid him to um, to work on the case at the rate of around $250 an hour. And what I read last night and this morning is that he's billed out since January of 2022 about $654,000, which actually makes him – Georgia's highest-paid prosecutor. Um, they, well, I was reading a, another article in the AJC that was talking about how Georgia State Supreme Court justices only make $186,000 a year. So over the course of two years, Nathan Wade has profited kind of a great deal from this. And um, he um, and he and her were allegedly, according to this motion, going on trips and doing, you know, because they, like, they were seeing each other under the table, and she was you know, having him work on this case. But the interesting thing to me, Clay, about it was, you know, I understand this is a, a huge case and she probably needed help, maybe outside help, and she had to contract with different lawyers. But he is a guy, what I read into, that doesn't have any felony court experience, according to the Romans motion. Now, I don't know whether that's going to be true, but according to that, he doesn't have any experience in this. He's got, he was a prosecutor for a short while in Cobb County, is what the AJC reported. So I'm not exactly sure why he was cho- chosen to 
to contract out to work on this case at such a great deal and such a great cost to the county. Did you uh, did you listen to my first segment when I was kind of explaining why what these improprieties look like? And the first thing that and I, and I think why there's a red flag on this deal is because you know, I guess in theory you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Her office should be able to prosecute this, or at least you know, or bring in some extra help, this, that, and the other. When you bring right. in when you bring in some outside assistance or an outside prosecutor on this especially one that you're allegedly having an affair with and have been for a while, it looks to me like you get, you're get double dipping. You got your hand in the pot. Your office is going to get the credit for chasing after Trump like you said you would. And then, well, you know, being the being the DA, she don't get any bonuses for doing this, I assume, does she? No, no, no. I mean, she just gets her state salary, right? So if she, you know, if I'm living in the house with my girlfriend or I got a, or my girlfriend or whatever and – I, there's a possibility. I guess the conversation would go something like, "Hey, look, we're going to hire you, but you're going to kick Mama back some." Yeah, and that's that's what the concerning. You know, it and it doesn't like, matter win, lose, or draw. You know, that's a moot right, point. Right. You know what? You know, like what she's doing on her private time, no big deal. She can she can have you know a relationship whenever she wants to. Uh, even if it was, I think, even if it was, I, I said you this last night. The, the example I was using was the uh, O.J. Simpson case. Now, allegedly. Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden had some sort of romantic relationship during that case, but they were both employees of the Los Angeles uh, DA's office, I think it was called. And, uh, it, so they weren't getting any financial benefit from that. You see what I mean? Their, their pay um, was their pay, yeah. Yeah, their pay is what they pay. They, you know, what they do, I, it's just office policy at that point, whether two employees can have a romantic relationship. The um, In this case, she's contracting with him and has a personal relationship with him to the tune of, you know, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter how much money it is, but here's a great deal of money. And you have to, you know, you have to take into account, like, did she have a, some sort of conflict of interest? Did she violate some sort of professional responsibility here? And I mean, also, you know, and the one that I kept looking at, just having been a prosecutor so long, is, you know, why did you contract with this specific person who doesn't seem to have any experience in what, what is, I wouldn't even say arguably, I will say what is the biggest felony trial of the 21st century so far. So, like, why would you pick this guy and not somebody? Maybe, like, an example I'll give is, let's say you contracted with somebody else that was a longtime prosecutor that's now in private practice or, you know, a former federal prosecutor, former that had just a ton of experience and you needed that kind of help. I could see that scenario, but this guy doesn't seem to have those kinds of credentials. And then, of course, there's a personal relationship there which kind of gives rise to what's called some sort of honest services fraud. So I think Fannie Willis is in a position where she may face some sort of criminal responsibility if this is, if this is true. Man, you made a comment last night when, me, when you and I were talking. It may have been a text. It may have been on the phone, neither here nor there, that you said this is exactly why I don't think state DA office, state DAs or county DAs, whatever you want to call it, need to be prosecuting, I think you said, national cases. Yeah, I, you know, it, to me, it's this kind of case is not in the purview of a local DA's office. You know what we do? You know, I did is is street. I call them street crimes. You know, murders, armed robberies, carjackings, house burglaries. That's kind of what your local DA's office is best at. Um, this kind of case is for the federal prosecutors, like Jack Smith's case, like I was talking about. Uh, you know, her taking this on just seemed like a bad idea from that's what I remember telling you I think when we first met I was like this is just not really a good idea 
for a local DA's office to take this kind of case. Now, if you wanted to say the Georgia Attorney General's office, they're more equipped probably to do that, just like our Attorney General's office would be. But like your local DA's office, this isn't the kind of case that, that they routinely do. I mean, I know, I, nobody routinely does a case like this, but just in the sheer scope of it, it would be, to me, it's better left to the federal prosecutors. And so that was my question about it from the beginning. Like, I just don't think that that was the proper avenue to go with it. So if you're Trump's attorneys, what is the next step? Well, I think if, let's assume this is true, and I'm guessing I'm going to lean towards it is because I don't think that she, that this lawyer is going to put this kind of, this is pretty salacious. And you're potentially almost accusing somebody of some impropriety and, you know, there's possible, you know, future criminal uh, culpability here. You know, the, if this is all lies, the judge is going to get pretty mad. I can tell you that. Like, if this is all just uh, – but, you know, it could be, but I'm just saying that's what would happen. So I think what, you know, what you have to look at is if you're Trump's attorney, what the most the, – the, the, the most likely avenue would be, if it were true, if they can prove this, then Fannie Willis, I would think, has to recuse herself and her office from this. At that point, I think the court could appoint a special prosecutor, like, you know, maybe the Georgia Attorney General or some other DA's office to take over the case, to look at the case, to see, you know, if there was any impropriety and do they want to go forward with it. That, to me, would be it – it, it's probably not going to affect the case as, like, is the case legitimate? You know, maybe if some other prosecutor looked at it, but I think her – her conflict is a problem going forward if this is true. So her handling, I think, may be an issue if they can prove these allegations. Well, uh, she ran on saying she was going to prosecute Trump as, mm-hmm. a, as, as, a, as a local DA. And she found some loophole or you know some imaginary stuff to try to be able to do it. And here we are. I, I imagine if, if she gets recused, this case goes away and – uh, Georgia can wipe the black eye from its uh, from its face. Well, you got to think about it this way, Clay. Like, let's say she's the court; she's got to recuse from the case, and her I means her office is going to her whole office is going to have to recuse from this case, right? Yeah. So then, you know, you first you got to find a special prosecutor that's willing to take it on, and there may be a lot of people willing to do that. You know, for political reasons, there's somebody that wants to run for Congress, the Democrat wants to take it on. You never know. I mean, it could be anything like that, or does the Georgia Attorney General's office want to take it over. Now, I don't know who occupies that office, whether it's a Republican or Democrat. Yeah, I was just but, sitting here um, thinking the same thing. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably a Republican, but I don't know off the top of my head. And, um, you know, do they want to take it on? So then, first, you got to find somebody that's willing to do it. And, again, like I was saying, the scope of this is so big for a local kind of prosecutor that I think the Attorney General's office would be probably the best avenue for that in, if on the state level. Um and do they want to go forward with it and just evaluate it? So I think, at the very least, if this is true, it's going to push this thing way back. All right. So the current, if, if this is true, oh yeah, yeah. So the, the current attorney general in Georgia is a uh, Christopher Carr. Carr was appointed by Governor Nathan Deal following the resignation of Sam Olins, who was officially appointed uh, appointed to the office of president of Kennesaw State University. In November. Okay, so he's been he's been there for for a minute. Is he a Republican or Democrat? Does I'm going to go on. If, if he was re- appointed a governor ago, I'm going to say Republican. I don't think there was yeah, any. Yeah, but I guess. I got it right here. Sorry, I had to expand the screen. It says uh, Christopher Carr is an American lawyer, politician, or Republican. Okay, so he is a Republican. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine well, that you, if it defaults yeah. to him, this goes away. 
Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time seeing a Republican attorney general going forward with just when they're thinking about their own future politics, like political future. Like, I don't know that they're going to go forward with it. So then it may, you know, default to a because they have to accept the case. One thing, I mean, you can't. I don't think the court, you know, is going to force them to take it. So then it could go to another. Like, I'm sure there's another. There may be another DA in the state that wants to take it on. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to be kind of crazy to want all the heat of it, but maybe somebody with political aspirations may want to do it. And um, so that would, I, they're going to have to find somebody that wants to take the case if, again, if the allegations are true and if she has to recuse herself, which looking at this, hey, I tell you, all this is true. You got a, you got time to do another short segment? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, what I want to, what I want to talk about on the next side is, is uh, the people who had the plea deals in Georgia, the, the Trump associates, does this, uh, could this possibly affect those plea deals? This is the Clay Edwards Show. I got Sean Yurkaran on the phone. We'll be right back. We're talking Fanny. Can't keep her panties on Willis. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here on WYAB 103.9 FM. Hey, guys, look, a lot of weather coming through. Um, you could find out, like I did last night, as a matter of fact, that you have a roof problem. I have a five-gallon bucket in my bathroom where I found out I have a, a leak on my roof somewhere. Uh, so if you do, if you find yourself in the same situation that I have, you need to call Watkins Construction and Roofing. Check them out online, watkinsconstructioninc.com. All their contact numbers and everything will be there. Uh, you probably just send in a lead, uh, an, an inquiry there, and they're going to be in, in touch with you immediately. I mean, it got rough yesterday and last night. I've uh, been living in my house for two years, and I've n- never had a drop of water get in there, but it, it sprung a leak last night. But I know my guys at Watkins are going to get it taken care of quick and in a hurry. Uh, so i got to do a little bit of – got to practice what I preach here today, as a matter of fact. So check them out, Watkins Construction Inc. They're going to come out. They're going to do a complimentary roof inspection to see just what all you need done. Maybe it's just a couple shingles that need to be replaced, a little patchwork. Maybe it's an entire roof. They're not going to try to oversell you something so they can get the whole job like a lot of these smaller roofing companies will. No no knock at those guys, but it just is what it is. You know, they think if they smell blood and they think they can do a whole roof and make their month on one job, that's what they're going to do, especially if uh, insurance companies are involved. Watkins ain't going to do that. You know, ain't no, ain't no one customer – and I mean this in a good way. Ain't no, ain't no one customer gonna gonna make or break them. You know, so they, they don't have to, they don't have to over, over. Uh, what would be the word? Overbid for you know for a job. You know, if it just needs you know a thousand dollars worth of roof work done, they're just, they're just gonna do that. They ain't gonna get into replacing the whole roof just because they they think they can get the insurance company to pay for it. That ain't how they do business. They're good, honest folks. More to my story. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Over 500 five-star reviews on Google. Go check them out. Check them out online. Watkins Construction, Inc. Locally owned, locally operated. A bunch of great guys who always invest back into the community. They're always involved with Real Men Wear Pink. They're always involved with any kind of fundraisers for law enforcement. Your kids' ball teams. This is that company. You can't go anywhere without seeing their name on jerseys, billboards, uh, special events. They're always sponsoring the rodeo. They always help make these events that we have around here. It's because of sponsorship from guys like Watkins Construction that they're able to even happen. So uh, just keep that in mind. You know, when you spend your money, spend it with folks 
that invest back into the community. That's very important to me. That's why I love having them as a sponsor. All right, let's get back to Sean. Hey, brother, thank you for staying on hold. Um, All right, so we left that kind of with the little cliffhanger there. Um, These folks on Trump's team that already had plea deals, if this is to get – if the Trump case gets thrown out, dude, what happens there? I mean, you know, they're in a bad position, in my my opinion. Here's several things. First, they've already pled guilty and accepted responsibility in the indictment, right? And um, they – you know, let me back up on this. We're not even at the stage where the whole thing is going to get thrown out. We're at the stage like, would she is she going to recuse or not? You know, no. can prove these. We would, like would this cause for the level. We like to speculate. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. I said we like to speculate. Look forward a little. Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's assume that all those things happen. That she, you know, these are true. She has to recuse. Some other prosecutors taking on the case. Uh, if they dismiss the case. I think, you know, the only thing, if this were in Mississippi, the only thing that they could, the defendants that have already pled guilty could do is file a PCR. And, you know, with um, with, with a PCR, there's two different ways it goes. If you, you know, there's a route, if you get found guilty at trial, you have several different options, like we talked about, you know, during the whole Goon Squad stuff, the, um, you know, with the, uh, like, an actual innocence argument and those kinds of things. If you plead guilty, what you can argue is what's called ineffective assistance of counsel, so they would have to say, in effect, that my lawyer advised me wrongly about this case to plead guilty. I think that would be their only argument on a PCR. If it were like a, I don't know what Georgia law is on this, but you know, if it were Mississippi, I think that's what they'd have to say. That they'd say my lawyer advised me wrong to take this guilty plea, or whatnot, and that they were ineffective in their assistance. Yeah, I would just think if the if the main case gets you know gets unprosecuted, not not, not even him found innocent or a mistrial. If, if, if it is to not happen, how do the secondary cases uh, stand? You know, cause I just find that wildly interesting. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I would think would have to most likely happen um, after they've already entered their guilty plea. They'd have to do a PCR avenue all right. like after, if the other defendants are all dismissed. What is P, what is P, P, like P, what is PCR? The guilty too quickly, you know. Yeah, what's PCR? Uh, Post conviction relief. Okay. Yeah, you know, we were talking about that with the goon squad cases, the people that have had pled guilty before, you know, but uh, yes. maybe like maybe some evidence was signing on them or something like that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that would make sense. All right, let's uh, let's mm-hmm. look into Sean's mirror ball a little bit here, man. What what do you think happens here? If if well, you, we we can decide if they even. Um, I guess it depends on who investigates this, but her being a Democrat inside a Republican state, they may actually do something to, to her on this. And not just sweep it under the mat, but I don't know. They they let them do whatever they want in Jackson, so maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Well, but let's play your mirror ball. What do you, how do you see this projecting forward? If you know, I think if these allegations are true, then if they are if they're out there, I assume the FBI is investigating them already. That would be my assumption. If the lawyers have got this, they've turned this over to the feds or someone. The feds already know about it. I think this this would be a you know like I was talking about before, an honest services fraud kind of situation. I think you'd have to look into that. What is there? What's called a quid pro quo uh, exchange for, like for her contracting with Wade, and then Wade would give her, you know, take her on vacations and do all that kind of stuff, or you know, or that could have been completely separate. That could have just been part of their romantic relationship. Like I don't, you know, I don't know. I think all that has to be looked into. Which, if there's any criminal culpability there whatsoever, but at the very least, I think it forms a conflict of interest from just a professional ethics standpoint, where she's contracting with somebody that she's having a personal relationship with 
and they're paying them this amount of money in this in this case to someone that in a you know that was kind of you know what I wrote down on my legal pad this morning. My, you know, my biggest question is like, why him? I mean, he's like if it was somebody that was really experienced in this and these kind of RICO prosecutions, felony court prosecutions, I could see it. But here, I, you know, this guy doesn't seem to have that kind of experience in it. So I think that's a question that people would ask. I'm sure the federal prosecutors are going to ask that question, and, and they'll look into it. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think if, if, if these are true, you know, I, I think she's going to have to probably refuse from the case, and then, you know, somebody else will take it over. I assume somebody's going to take it over, though, Clay, just from yeah. a pure politics standpoint. I think somebody will probably take the case over. Some of the, you know, certainly a Democrat and DA would probably take it over and, and try to run with it. Now, how that effective that's going to be, I'm sure that's going to be a logistical nightmare considering all the work that her office has done with the stuff. But that would be my guess that that may happen. All right, brother. Good stuff. I will see you here tomorrow. I'll see you later today, but I will see you here in the studio tomorrow, man. Appreciate everything, Sean. Great stuff. All right. See you. Uh, yeah. Sean Yurkaran right there. If you need a lawyer, holler at Sean. Uh, we appreciate his input on this. I don't think there's a better person in this town to have that conversation with. He spent 10 years as a Hines County assistant DA. Uh, he's he's knee-deep in the politics. He's a bit of a lefty. You know, so we're looking at this from all different angles. And you heard what he said there. Uh, it, it don't look good for her. And that's a lefty saying that. That's not a Trump guy saying that like me. So, again, Sean agrees with us. Can we get him to pull the lever for Trump in November? We got seven, eight, nine months to go, 10 months to go. We'll get him there. No, was it 11 months? Almost 11 months to the day. We'll get him there. We'll be right back. Land the plane for the first hour. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And, of course, you're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on the Clay Edwards Show. And check out all things Clay Edwards at clayedwardsshow.com for shirts and more. Peace.